All right, let's get right on our topic today, and we're going to talk about crushing the barriers to your growth this year. I want you to be thinking about some things that seem like it's a mountain that will not move. Well, it's going to move this year. It's going to be crushed this year. Yeah, and we're going to go further and come up higher, and we're going to be better in every aspect of our life this year. This time next year, you will have a better pastor. This time next year, I will be a better leader. This time next year, I should have put this first as I'll be better son of God toward God my Father. A husband to my wife. A parent to our kids who are now grown up. In every aspect of my life, I am going to crush some goals this year. And who's going to come along with me? Come on. Just say, I'm going to crush some goals this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in order to crush some goals, as we'll talk about in a little while, you have to set them. And I'll, I'll talk about that. But the scripture we've been, um, have as our foundational scriptures, 3 John 1 and 2. And it says, the elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above, I'm pausing because I need your help. Okay, so God, God through the Apostle John is saying, I wish above how many things? That you'd prosper. Prosperity is not just money. How about prospering in your mind, having some peace? Prospering in whether you're a single, married couple, whatever life mode you're in, becoming better at relationships. We're going to prosper, and certainly financially. And then also he said, I want you to prosper above all things and be in health. Prosper and be in health. And right now we have scriptural precedents that I want to pray over you for healing. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, you said in your word that you wanted us to prosper and be healed. And Father, you sent Jesus to be wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities, a chastisement of our peace was upon you, and with your stripes. You said healing is available, and we can be healed by Jesus' stripes. We are healed. And you said, beloved, that you bless the Lord, O oh my soul, forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of your iniquities. You're here today and say, God, can you forgive that? I said he forgives everything, all of your iniquities. Don't get stuck don't let that mountain be there. Stare it down with the word of God and say, you will not cause my delay. And I'll overcome you this year in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you also. You've forgiven all of our iniquities, but also you said in your word, you've healed all of our diseases. It's because of what Jesus came to do to purchase our salvation and along with that, he purchased our healing. He purchased our freedom. He purchased so many things we were singing today. Say with me, by Jesus' stripes, I receive healing in my mind, in my body, from the top of my head, the sole of my feet. That's right. Right on, right on TV up there, guys. Uh, internet, you, you, you say the same thing we're saying. Participate like we're participating. And all of you who couldn't come today because you're resisting symptoms, we command those symptoms to leave your body and be healed in Jesus' name. We agree with it. We pray for you every day. 
In Jesus' name, we all agree by saying amen. He wants us to, God wants to take care of us. He's a loving father. You know, my, my dad, the way he was raised, he really wasn't raised by a loving father. He was raised by an alcoholic. And, bro, and his brothers, uh, my dad's father's brothers were mean as a snake. So he had no role model as to how, what, what does it look like even to, to have a loving father? And then his, his, his dad got so bad he died because of alcoholism when he was 10. So that's kind of an example he had. So, you know, as I was growing up, you know, he had to learn some things so I could learn some things that were better than the way he was raised. Encourage you guys, get, I'm telling you, you men come to Brave. Bring your teenagers to Brave if you have to. If you can't leave them with somebody, bring your kids if you have to. We're going to leave anybody behind and say, but I can't find a babysitter. Bring them. Now, if they get loud, you know, they get loud, sort of, <laughs> you know, we might have to just sort of, you know, calm them down somewhere else. But then come back when they regroup. And, um, you know, God, and all due respect for my dad, he, he grew so much in the Lord. Matter of fact, I became his pastor. And for years, he wouldn't call me son. He would call me pastor. And I'd prefer, like, at certain settings, Dad, I'm just your son. When we were at somewhere, he said, Pastor, lay one on him. That means pray. <laughs> I mean, yes, sir, I'll pray. My mom was at breakfast with me one time. The waitress comes up, says, Joe, lead them to the Lord. Uh, oh, boy, okay. Anyway, I've had a wonderful dad. I have a wonderful dad. He's in the grandstands of heaven. He learned some good things, but he all, God also brought other men in my life so I can learn what a true man is. The way the world says a true man is, is so counterfeit to what God wants in our life. God brought a pastor into my life, which is a spiritual father. And he's been a spiritual father to my wife and I. And, and Lady jo Bishop Hash is our pastor. And Lady Joy, his wife, is, we include her as well. She's so impacted our life. Without those types of models for the past 33, 34 years, I wouldn't even know how to be a good man. We're standing on their shoulders of what they learned and they taught us. Same with, uh, same with the Hagans, same with other sort of mentors, but you can only have one pastor. You can only really have one father in the faith. And uh, I'm, I'm able to speak boldly about it because the pastoral anointing is just absolutely invaluable. It'll help you develop in ways you never thought you could. It'll raise you up. It'll mature you. It'll help you fulfill your purpose and supply. But God is a loving Father. We can look to him as our provider, as our healer, as the one who gives us peace. We follow his leading by the Spirit. So getting back to our topic today, how many of you want to crush? By the way, I didn't get a sidetrack. I would not be able to crush barriers in my life if I did not have a father spiritual father who taught me how to. 
I, 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 my wife and I, we protect our relationship with our leader. And I just can't tell you, I, I wouldn't have enough money to, to, to gift them for what they've done in our life. Beyond money. Come on, how many want to crush some barriers this year? Well, if so, we need to be committed. That's not a real popular word. We need to be committed to a personal growth plan. No matter what age we are, we need to evaluate what are your roles. I, I, you know, this, this guide, whether you're fasting with us or not, pick this up because on the back, you're going to set some goals for every aspect of your life and what your responsibilities are. I have personal goals. I have a personal weight goal I want to be. Well, I can't just believe I received that goal met without doing something about it. You can't just say, God, I'm going to be this amount of pounds and I believe I receive it in Jesus' name. A month later, you're saying, God, what happened? I, I, I gained a few more pounds. No, he's going to say, what kind of diet do you have? Maybe adjust your diet. And he's going to say, are you exercising? And we all agreed by saying, no, you're saying all me. I have a personal goal because of our global goal. I so want this church to have testimonies like my family in our own world we go to Starbucks. We actually handed went to Starbucks the other day and, and befriended the person in the window and invited them to church. How easy was that? Go to my wife and I. We had some uh, uh, work done. What did we have done, babe? Uh, uh, work on our furnace. Uh. Oh, yeah, the washer and dryer people, they don't have a chance. They come in, and my wife and I say, who's going to invite them? Now, be, be friendly. And uh, we just simply say, hey, what church do you go to? You live in the area? Oh, uh, well, yeah, I don't have a church. I'm looking for one. Well, I'd like to invite you to the best church in the whole world you've never come to yet. To me. Know the pastors personally. I know their private life. They are people of integrity. Come on, guys, loose up, loosen up here. <laughs> like saying, are you bragging on yourself? Well, no, I eventually say, and they normally catch it, say, are you the pastor? All right. But I'd like all of us to be in our world. I'll get to this maybe next week or the following. 80% of people that come to church were in, invited their family or friends. 80%. Only 3% came because the pastor was so good. Now, my wife and I have people in this church today that came out of our personal invites without them knowing we we're the pastor. But anyway, um, we need to be committed to a personal growth plan, and we include that on our personal goals that I'm, I'm planning on inviting people every week. I'm going to be watching I'm, I'm going to be alert. I'm going to have one eye on eternity and care about people's destiny. There's a heaven to gain. There's a hell to shun. If we truly believe that, heaven is, will blow your mind. That's how good it is. Hell, it's worse than we can fathom. And folks, some people say, well, how can a loving God create a bad hell? He didn't create it for his, his, the people. He didn't create it for human beings. 
He created hell for Lucifer when, he tr- when Lucifer tried to overcome God, Jehovah, the one who's always been and always existed, a created angel tried to overcome the creator. No match at all. I mean, it was absolutely, they were kicked out of heaven. And a third of the angels followed Lucifer. That's why hell was created. Jesus gives us the key that we never have to go there. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You can't get to heaven unless you get through me, through Jesus. You can't get to my Father in heaven unless you've gone through me. Every single one watching online, watching in person here today, listen, everybody look up at me. There's only one way to heaven. There's only one way to heaven. Excuse me for pointing. There's only one way to heaven. There's only one way to heaven. There's only one way to heaven. The whole world calls themselves Christians. Just find your own way to God. And we'll all end up the same place. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And we've got to preach the word. We need to invite people because some people need to learn differently. Man, I have a passion. No wonder why God called Harvest Church, Harvest Church. Time to harvest, church. Well, pastor, I hope you invite enough. Go back. You know, go, go after the lost, your bad self. No, we all get some cards. How many, can be, how many can smile? Only three of you. Only three of you can smile. Oh, nice. You qualify to invite somebody. We want everybody. All right. We're going to crush some goals this year, aren't we? You know, in leadership and life, how far you go, listen now. I'm going to set you up on this one. Does anyone want to become better in every role in your life? Will you raise your hand? Say, this is a church that makes me participate. Well, sometimes. Um, Did you know when you want different for yourself, you have to start moving different? Because old keys... Don't unlock new doors. We're setting goals. We're setting a plan as to how we accomplish those goals. And then we actually schedule it on on our calendar weekly, monthly, a year out, whatever. That we're going to do certain things. Then we do it. Old keys. Don't unlock new doors. Some of us need some new keys, so we go in a different direction, and God will see to it as you follow him and follow this plan, there's some keys he's going to say, throw away, don't want you to go through those doors anymore, but here's some new keys, you can't get in it, except I open those doors. How tall are you? How many would like to be taller? You can't be. But you can, my point was here, I know. 
being a little silly. Ben's going to win today. <laughs> I'm encouraging myself in the Lord. Jaguars are going to beat the Colts in Jesus' name. And you know what? You got people on the Colts team saying, we're going to win in Jesus' name. So whose prayer is going to win today? And if, you see, and if you see anything contrary to what I'm saying, I don't know what to say. But anyway, you can't control what height you are, but you can control how much you grow inside in all the roles that, that you have. I, I don't. After our 21 days is done, I don't discard this. This is what helps me set my goals every week. And certain goals we have, like vacation, family get-together, these things we put on calendar because we don't, we'll never get it done. So whatever roles, again, change is inevitable. Growth is optional. I'm not sure if I got myself in trouble first service or not. It just seems like I'm good at doing that. But I don't consider it trouble. I consider it just me talking with you, being very transparent. My wife and I, have been on, my wife and, I and kids have been on a growth plan all our life. And this time next year, I'll be improved too because I'm doing th- some things about it. And then we find ourselves going back to certain family gatherings that certain people have never developed beyond when we were that age, way back when. It's so sad. It is so sad. You can't fulfill your full potential in God unless you consider growing. Planning that growth, setting that goal, that plan, and then act on it. I'm going to give you a couple points this morning, because we're going to talk about this. I have so much in me about this, I'm just not going to rush it. But I think it'll take a, uh, how many weeks in January 5? Yes? So I'm not sure it'll take five weeks, though. But anyway, the first way... To crush barriers to growth or anything that's hindering us is set your goals for your roles in writing. Uh, some people are in the room today, it'll just get you to know me that much better. If you meet with me, you have to bring a tablet. Thank you. When people think they can remember everything, why think it when you can ink it? Otherwise, sometimes things get away from us. What did I say? What, what? Set your goals and, uh, for each of your role, and I have goals personally, family, devotional, health, financial, my career. I have goals for each one of them that are, that are aggressive but doable. Some people want to get in shape and they go to, you know, the, the ads on TV these days get you memberships. And a lot of people get memberships and the first week is just busy, 
busier than you've ever seen it. Um, because they say, I'm going to get in this plan. I'm going to work out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'll take Sunday off. You're not going to sustain that. I'm planning on being a certain weight this year, and I'm planning on exercising three days at least out of the week. That's doable, right? Planning on, well, we eat well. Stare your barrier down. Write down, write down those goals in each of these areas. You know, if I want to be a better pastor, here's some, which I do, and a better leader, here's some things I have to do, and I get to do. Every day I get in the Word, every day I get my devotion, every day I read a chapter in a particular book that, that, is, that is toward what my specialty is, pastoring, leadership. My wife and I, and we go to Winter Bible Seminar, we go back to our Bible col- training, Bible college, and and, and we feed on our roots there, and we learn, and we grow, and we bring it back. We go to Branson every year because we're in leadership over uh, three states of ministers, about 160 or so. Um, and we go to Branson to give an account of what we've done this year, and we learn what we need to do better. Then we're going to go to camp meeting because, again, we go to our campus to learn, and we have leadership meetings sometimes out there. And also, we're part of the J.C. Hash Alliance where we, we sit on our pastor once a month, every month. Now, what, what good would it do to say, I'm going to be a better pastor this year? Well, how? I'm going to lose some weight this year. How? I'm going to save more money this year. How are you going to do that? It took, it took prayer. It took planning. It took acting on a, a specific budget for this ministry, being as lean as we possibly could to pay off over the course of time $5 million worth of debt. And, and building up by faith and all of us participating in tithing and giving, it helps us have reserves. There are some churches, if they had 50 feet of snow, they would still have church because they need an offering. Now, I appreciate online because even when a snow day comes, you guys still give. It's Thank you. I'm not saying as a pastor that's easy when you face, how, how would you like to pastor a church two years in a COVID environment? Totally trust in God that people are going to be faithful and that people are going to continue to support their home church by God. I look to him and he uses people just like you. And I just want to thank you, my wife and I, just thank you so much for being faithful. You know, just everybody would pursue tithing and giving. We would never have to raise money for a building project because we always live below our means. We pay God, we pay ourselves, and we pay our bills. Paying ourselves means I save every week for my family. I save every week for this ministry. I save. 
If you really want to be out of debt, you're going to face some, some change. How can, I, how can I limit my budget? You know, sometimes the budget is blown because people don't realize how many times they're eating out. Oh, aren't you glad you came this morning? Come on, please help me. Yes, 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 yes. All right. I know you're listening real deep this morning. Don't shut me off. And what kind of budget are you living in? You might have some fixed costs that do not allow you to save. If I were in that particular situation, I would downsize and I would live within my means so that I could save. You might say, well, who's, who, who's going to, you know, what if some people don't see my brand new car that I got? That I can't afford. Or and then I bought a house above my means. What do people want to say? They're going to say nothing. They're going to say, good for you. They're going to say, you don't have to be in the pattern of the world where you buy everything on credit. Uh-oh. Who, who's still going to crush some goals this year? <laughs> I'm just really, really charging you up to think this morning. Write your goals down. Write a plan to fulfill them. Then bring action to it consistently. Brian Tracy said, a goal without a plan is nothing but a dream. I had a dream the other night that I really thought it was real. time I woke up, I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. That It wasn't like bad stuff, but it was like, Stuff that we've already worked through as a ministry. Stuff that we've already worked through as a family. How many glad to wake up sometimes you're saying, oh, thank you, Jesus. That really didn't happen. Oh, thank you. It's not the goal that will make you successful. It's what you plan on doing about that goal daily or monthly or yearly to accomplish that goal. Habakkuk chapter 2 says, I will stand upon my watch, and I'm going to set me upon the tower, and I'm going to watch and see what God will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Do you know what? God, God might need to reprove us, correct us. In a local church, you have to receive sort of all kinds of messages, not just your one favorite message. You can't grow just on one favorite message. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What I'm talking about today is going to help you if you follow this plan. You're going to be better in all your roles. You're going to crush those goals because you've got a plan, and you're going to act out that plan consistently, not just the first quarter, not just the second quarter, third. You're going all the way this year, and you're going to look back and say, look what God has done. But he needed you to set a goal. He needed you to have a plan, and he needed you to act on it. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Think the vision. No, it didn't say think the vision. Write the vision. Make it plain upon tablets, upon paper. Why? 
Because then we can see it, we can read it, and we can run with it. We schedule it. And it will happen. Why? For the vision's yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Stupal Industries, a quote from them, said, Obstacles are what you see when you take your eye off your goals. Watch the distractions. Watch any person, place, or thing that would try to take you away from your goals and and how you're going to live this year and throughout your life. Screencraft set three, already sums up some things that I said today. Said a dream written down with a date becomes a goal. You could just have a goal there, but you got to apply some dates to it to accomplish it. So a dream written down becomes a goal. A goal broken down becomes steps which become a plan, and backed by actions, makes your dreams come through and allows you to crush those goals, overcome those mountains, be a conqueror this year, and realize, thank you, God, for what you've brought me out of and what you've brought me into with those new keys. Philippians 3.13 says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own yet, the Apostle Paul said, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead. You got to forget about it. Father, I forgive me, forgive any error, forgive people, I let it go. I forget about it. Now I'm going to stretch toward these new goals of how to improve in all my roles. You can't be a good father unless you see one. You can't be a good son unless you've been one. Sons become fathers when they have the right role models. I schedule time to be with my leader. I schedule time to talk to him on the phone. Those that are important to me. I didn't get here by myself. I'm not saying I've gotten anywhere. I'm just saying it's by the grace of God that I am what I am. But God, and this is going to be important. It's going to be another point. God's going to set up you with some divine friendships now. Friendships that are of him. That will help advance what you're doing if you take this message to some of your friends, I say, what? what's all that stuff? Well, guess what? You keep applying what you know you're supposed to do, and if they don't, five years from now, you're going to go back there saying, thank God I got up and I started. No matter what age I am, no matter how long it took me to finally wake up to get, get, get my life filled with productivity and purpose. For this Purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the enemy. Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. He knew, he knew what he came to do. He came to be a good shepherd. 
And he looked at a crowd and said he saw people busted, disgusted, in turmoil, in fear, in trembling. And Jesus said, my goodness, they're like sheep without a shepherd. Something happens to me when I come to church. Positive. Because I know that praise team, they're going to a higher level this year. And they're setting goals. And there's some things that you're going to set down for praise team. Look at my daughter there because she's over it. You don't get there by accident. You get there on purpose. All of us, again, uh, this might not be your favorite message, but all of us, say all of us. We're going to stand before the Lord to give an account of what he wanted to do with our life. He's given all of us giftings. He's given all of us an assignment. We're going to stand before the Lord again. How would we like to go before the Lord in the judgment day? We've reached the top because we set goals and all that kind of stuff. And we got to the top of that building. And Jesus what if he said, listen, I, I can appreciate the effort it took you to get on top of that building, but your ladder was leaning against the wrong one. I tried to go into the business realm, and I did well in it. I tried to get into business ownership with my brother and my father. They were so into it. They had that entrepreneurial spirit, and that, I have a little of that in me, but but. That I, I couldn't give myself to that like I give myself to my assignment, my purpose. You discover your assignment. You can't discover your assignment without a daily relationship with God through the Word of God and talking to your Father. And He will have a step for you. If you don't know any type of step to fulfill your, to fulfill your passion, just begin to volunteer. Just become consistent. Just, just step forward and do something. Like my wife, she, she likes to quote this a lot. God can't steer a parked car. Come on, let's get going. Let's set our goals and, and, and press toward those marks. Reaching forward to what lies ahead. Press on to the goal. And number two. We're going to crush barriers by changing on the inside. And, and I, I, I want to say this to all of us. Now, my wife and I have been living this type of life for decades. So it's not a surprise the type of fruit that we bear amongst family or wherever we go. But some of you are, have recently just turned on fire for God and you're like, man, all gung-ho all the way. And there's some people, they don't even want to hear what you're going to say right now. They want to see something on the outside that sticks. More than a week. More than a month. More. Come on. Every time. We're growing. We're learning. And there come, could come a day that they ask, an, they ask, what in the world has happened to you? They'll find it strange you don't go clubbing again with them. Like, what is up with you? What are you going to say? So you know what? I need change in my life. That's not something. Growth 
Fruit on the outside will never happen if you don't develop on the inside. What do you mean, develop on the inside? How do we know that uh, you need to win, we need to win in our attitude? The only difference between a good and bad day in our life is our attitude. We choose it. <laughs> John Maxwell said, attitude to me is more important than education, money, circumstances, failures, successes, what other people might think of us. It's more important than appearance, giftedness, the skill. It'll make or break a company if it's bad attitudes. It'll make or break a church if they have bad attitudes. Listen, I deal, if I have to deal with leadership stuff that, that is, is creating division, I will. This is God's house. You know, if it, it, my daytime staff, when they became daytime staff or high-level volunteers, they forfeited the right to complain anymore. But they do go to the person if they have something with, they know. If they come to me first, say, no, it's not the first move you do. If you got something, I beef with anybody, you go talk to them first. Work it out. I expect you to work it out. Now, if they don't want to work it out, make sure you've done all you can. Then move forward. Now, if that other person's in leadership too, bring it in. Normally, it'll go then to our executive director. If they can't work it out then, then it comes to my wife and I. Something's going to give. If they're two staff people, if they don't get along with each other, either one or two won't be here anymore. Unity. Come on, families, unity. Come on, business, unity. You want God to provide for you? You want God to have his hand upon you? Yet you're going around causing division and strife and gossip? God can't bless that mess. Let's grow up. Come on, guys. That's childish. Come on, say it with me. I'm growing, and I'm going to crush some goals this year. I'm going to crush them. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to crush them. We can't change the past. We can't change the fact that people act in a certain way. We can't change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we do have. And that's our attitude. I'm convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. And so it is with you and me. We're in charge of our attitudes. So I'm going to ask all of us today, what kind of attitude do we have? Man, I love people with good attitudes and positive dispositions. Forgot it again. Is Linus? You know Linus and the Peanuts Club and, and, and Charlie Brown? Who knows who Linus is? That's like somebody carrying a bad attitude. When they show up all dust and dirty, dirty blanket, you can't hide your attitude. What? Oh, that's pig pen. With a dirty blanket. Oh, Linus, forgive us, please. <laughs> okay. 
I think I need to drink some tea on that one. It's so refreshing to be around people with a good positive attitude. When I face people with a consistent good positive attitude, 99 and 9 tenths out of the time, they got some word in. I do my best to go before God and His Word and just prayer before I see anybody that I'll come in contact with. And that time will help me not say what I for sure want to say. I have the freedom of speech in America, but you know what? You do not have the freedom to divide. What are you saying? You ready to go a little deeper? Uh, just to comfort me today, how many are going to come back next week? Oh, man, who not raising hands? Come on. Well, here's what I want to do. If your Facebook social media posts polarizes people and causes division, that's not a fruit of God. You can state your beliefs in such a way that you're not digging into someone else. One of the most difficult times in a pastor and a church life is during election time. My God, they're wearing that certain tag. I got to leave this church. You're going to see every tag around here. Because I don't demand that you vote in a particular way. You get the word of God. You find out what, which aligns closely enough with the word of God and your values and etiquette and, 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 and good character and vote your conscience that way. I will never tell you who I voted for. And there's some people that do not like that. Actually, there's some people who left the church because I wouldn't tell people. I had one friend to get political in his pulpit. That day he lost 30 members, 30 families. That's a church in itself. Tell the person next to you, man, well, I'm having fun today. I'm telling you, he's having so much fun. Some of the things we can do, it's like we're working on, on an iceberg. You only see, again, a portion of that iceberg, and then it's three, it's three times bigger than what you see on the outside, when you work on things in the unseen times, you get your word in, you face adversity, you overcome that, you, you, you are in the word, you're shooting towards goals, and all of a sudden, people are going to see an iceberg of the hidden times when no one knows what you're doing. You don't have to go around your family to convict them saying, I am getting into the word of God right now, and do not disturb me. Now slip off. Now again, if you have young kids, uh, how do we do that? <laughs> we have pictures. Those kids are sitting on our lap while we're reading our word. We include them. Now, if you want some private time, you might just have to go to bed earlier and get up earlier when they're sleeping. Man, this is an awesome sermon. I'm going to go back and watch it myself. Another hidden thing we need to do, win the battle of the mind. Learn, learn to use self-talk. 
What does that mean? You get the word on the inside of you. Then when thoughts come towards you, you make sure you keep things in the belief system that I believe the word over that thought, thought, get out of here in Jesus' name. No, God has said, it is written. We have to know what is written in order to have a good thought life. That's something hidden, unseen. When in our faith life, so we learn to overcome with our heart, there's some things I'm believing God for that I'm literally coaching myself to stay in faith about it because it's been a long time coming. But if I truly believed I received when I prayed, I'm thanking God for it. Any thought contrary to something happening that I know is supposed to happen, I'm saying, God, thank you. I, I'm just going to take this opportunity. Devil, shut your mouth up. You're a liar. And Father, I thank you. I believe I have received that particular thing according to your word. And I thank you. I have it. You say, what in the world is he talking about? God's a faith God. He said, and this is the victory that overcomes the world. Anything we, anything we are confronted with. Even our faith in the Word of God and applying it to our life. When by walking in the love of God, and let me give you that scripture and we'll... I have two scriptures left. In 1 Corinthians 13, when by walking in the love of God... Hey, let's listen to this and take some inventory. See how we're doing. Love is large. Love is incredibly patient. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else, knowing I'm in that same line. And what's for me is for me. It refuse, you know, some people get off believing God for themselves because the same thing they're believing God that's happening to someone else, they're giving up because, God, I don't understand you. Why hasn't it happened to me now? I don't know that I have all the answers. But I do know God is still in control. And I do know I'm going to stay in faith. And I do know that, that, that it's going to take place. That's called the good fight of faith. It's staying in the place that I know I have believed I've received when I prayed. And I'm just going to thank you, God, for it. That's a battle. If we don't learn this love walk, the Word of God says faith Worketh by love. If we don't walk in love, our faith is standing still unproductive. Love is large. It's incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessings come to someone else. Love does not brag about one's own achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame or disrespect nor selfishly seeks its own honor. Love is not easily irritated. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I heard a well. <laughs> oh, my. And guess what else? Love is not quick to take offense. <laughs> You're reading this with me, right? Bible. Man, he's mean to me today. No, I'm not. All right, love joyfully celebrates honestly, finds no delight in what is wrong. That person that's done you wrong, don't tell them to go to hell. 
That's worse than you can fathom. And I talked about that before we started this series. Mm -mm, Take that out of your vocabulary, my goodness. Hell is a place where there's no God. No, not the Father that we have. There, so it means there's no love. There's only fear. There's only torment. There's all, you look in the Bible and see a description of it. And thank God he made a way. Jesus. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat because it never gives up. Winning on the inside also includes being led by the Holy Spirit. The Word says that the Spirit of man, your heart, your spirit is the candle of the Lord. That's how God leads us in our heart. He gives us peace about a thing. He gives us unrest about not doing something. Uh, you know, he, according to the Word, He'd never lead us contrary to the Word of God. All these different things, God will lead you and guide you one step at a time. So you're on the process of fulfilling your purpose. God enlightens us through our spirit. Also, win on the inside by yielding to Jesus, not only as your Savior, like, thank God I made it in, but have you made him your Lord? You know, people throw out, Jesus is Lord. Uh, What are you doing with your money? Uh, What are you doing in your marriage? Excuse me, I I didn't, no uncertain order. Uh, What are you doing with your life? When God says bad company corrupts good morals, he's saying you got to get away from that person and cut them out of your life. He said, it'd be cool. There's just certain people I won't hang out with. Mm -mm. I don't need that corruption in my life. I don't need to be corrupted about that. Now, it's not like I don't witness to people or give them opportunities to come along with me. They choose not to. The Bible says he wants you to have a company like those of like precious faith that will urge yourself on with the goals that you're going to crush this year and not tear it down. When Jesus becomes Savior and Lord on the inside, it'll be evident on the outside because he is Lord and he is the leader of my life and his word is flawless and his word is my final authority and his word is my yes and his word is my no. Anything else I need to know, God will give witness to me by the Holy Spirit in alignment with this word. When you keep him first on the inside, and this is what I'll conclude with, He will absolutely change your life on the outside. Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 13 says, All has been heard. The end of the matter is, fear God. Fear God. There was a day that we feared and respected God so much we wouldn't even think about doing that. We didn't even think about going there. We wouldn't even think about going with them. Because we reverence, we fear God. God, I pray you bring a fresh fear of the Lord upon the church and the body of Christ. Listen to me, look at me. 
The church is supposed to be the conscience of the community. And as you can see, there's not much conscience out there. The church has lost the world's respect sometimes. Because there's no difference between the world and the church anymore. I'm not talking about here. We love every lifestyle that comes in that door, that comes to a connect group, a brave man, authentic lady. We love every single one of them. They are welcome here. But if they're in different lifestyles that are contrary to the Word of God, we have to teach you the truth. And if I know a lifestyle would cause you to be condemned to hell, why wouldn't I talk about it? That table. We need to laugh at that second, didn't we? Fear God. Revere and worship Him, knowing, first of all, He is. It's obvious you believe He is. Otherwise, you wouldn't be in church this morning. Or maybe you don't know He is, and God's revealing Himself to you today. He's drawing you by the Holy Spirit. No person can come to Jesus, the Word says in John 4, except the Lord, except the Father draw you to Him by the Holy Spirit. Fear God, revere and worship Him, knowing that He is. And what's the second thing we need to focus on? Keep His suggestions. I thought, we don't have any more law to go by. Wait a minute. These are principles. These are good things to follow. Now, you understand, we are in the age of grace. Um, me being diligent does not mean I'm religious at all. The Word is still my guide. There's certain things we don't do because it's Old Testament and Old Testament sacrifices. Now, we give Him the sacrifice of praise. We put on the garment of What? the spirit of heaviness so fear God say I fear you God and I'll keep your word doing those two things the word says for this is the whole of man the full original purpose of his creation the object of God's providence and if you want to change your character by doing this, it's the root of character. And it's also the foundation. You want to be happy? You can't find it out there by getting addicted to this, by getting addicted to that, by going here and fulfilling your flesh there. It's always going to come back to that aching void of not having God in your life. Jesus as Savior and Lord. And following His plan and His word. That's the foundation of happiness. The adjustment, you want things to come back into harmony? Do those two things, and it's the adjustment to all the inharmonious circumstances, conditions under the sun. And it's a whole duty for every man. So we're going to crush some goals this year by setting our goals, planning those goals, acting on those goals. We're going to crush berries this year by doing uh, our, our work on the inside, and, and my, my goodness, it will show up on the outside. And as, you be, as, you, as you become consistent, maybe, maybe the people you used to hang out with, maybe they'll respect you someday, but maybe not. But others will. Fear God. Keep His commandments. That's a whole duty. 
for every man. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. Let's just take a, just a quiet moment right now and just let, let this message settle in. I, I'm not going to condemn you or anything like this. I just tell you what I do. If you see me on my phone during someone else ministering, I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes what, what God is saying to me. How do I need to adjust? What do I need to do? Uh, and, and, and God will just show you and he'll be gracious with you. We've all missed it. He'll have mercy on us and we can head in that right direction. So Father, thank you. I ask you for a greater measure of the spirit of the fear of the Lord upon my life, upon my family, upon our assignment, upon this church, upon this region of ministries, upon the body of Christ at large. Help churches get back to the full counsel of God, not only preach one message. The word says, behold goodness and the severity of God. That's New Testament Romans. Oh, God. Let's rededicate our life to the Lord today. Say, God, come on, say with me. God, I ask you to forgive me. Now, you fill in that blank under your breath. I receive your forgiveness now. I ask you for grace to stay in my place, to run my race, distance myself from my past because I rededicate my life to you. I reconsecrate my life to you. In Jesus' name. Apologize I held you a little longer today, but let me tell you something. Sometimes God brings me back to when he first called me out that I had to go in a different direction than my family. I had to leave that geographically and go somewhere else because we're going to talk about that. If you're called to do something, you've got to be trained. He gives you the giftings, then you have to develop it. But I'll never forget that when I was, I was just in a position where I didn't even know how to hear from God, to be honest with you. But I knew that all the success I was having, it meant absolutely nothing to me. I had everything materialistically you can think of most. I mean, but I was pursuing a direction that my dad and my brother did that I wasn't supposed to. And they wondered why. So I had to make up in my mind and spend quiet time before the Lord. I had a sense of the spirit of the fear of the Lord that says, yeah, time for you to go in a different direction. And once I received that direction, it was just if I was so glad and relieved. I did have to tell my parents, you know, the business and all that. So then I went about pursuing the purpose I had in my life. Following God's purpose is the absolute best thing you can do, no matter what it looks like. Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of my Father that sent me. Amen. One more prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, if there's anybody at the sound of my voice that does not know you, 
I ask that you would have them repeat this prayer after me. And if that's you, I'm going to ask everybody that can, but if that's you specifically, I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you need to know, I don't know if I die today, I'd go to heaven. Let's settle that. Say with me, God, I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he died on the cross for all of my sins. I believe on the third day you raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus, I believe you're alive. I'm so sorry for missing it in my past. I need you as my Savior and Lord. I ask you to come into my heart today. I receive you not only as my Savior, but also as my Lord. Every, every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or you needed to settle it, I want you to raise your hand so I can see you. No one's looking but me. Thank you, sir. That's part of an act of faith so you can show somebody, say, you know what, I did that today. That'll help you. If you're ashamed, acknowledge him before people. The word says, I'm going to be ashamed to acknowledge you. There's no such thing as silent Christians. You hide it in the church and you don't, and you live like the world. Amen. In Jesus' name. Let's all stand, please.